What is up, everyone? And welcome into ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas on the Man Sports Talk Network with a lot more content coming your way. Make sure you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, remember that Primetime is brought to you by our friends over at Freeman Mazda. We will talk more about them and the ride of the week in a few moments here on the show when we get into the Freeman Mazda stat of the week, which is kind of an insane one. We'll get into that later on the show. In the meantime, though, let's talk about some of these matchups. The New York Giants are actually 2-0. Both wins have been kind of questioned by the public since one of them could have gone the other way if the Titans didn't fail didn't miss a field goal. What would have been a, a game-winning field goal? It was from 47 yards out, and Bullock missed it. And so the Giants got their first win of the season in Week 1. Fast forward to Week 2, and they beat an underwhelm, underwhelming Carolina Panthers team so far. They did it creatively. I will tell you that. Uh, I will give the, the Giants a lot of credit on how they beat the Carolina Panthers. They got some creative blitzes in there, uh, some blitzes involving defensive backs, some of them risky bets versus Baker Mayfield, some of which they paid for, some of which they didn't. But we're talking about a Giants team that even showed blitz on the most dangerous side for the offense, but then kind of switched the defensive back types that were threatening rushing the passer. So, for example... You had a nickel back close to the line of scrimmage, close to the to the Panthers' offensive tackle, and then he would drop back into coverage with another defensive back, way way away from the line of uh, from the offensive line, and that was the actual blitzer. So those kind of little nuggets on defensive coordinator Mar Martindale's defense are what impressed me the most from the Giants in those opening two games. Uh, I'm looking forward to this game. I do think that this is this has the likes of a very defensive game. No wonder the total for the for the divisional game stands at 39.5 points. If you want to bet the over under, that is the number that you're betting. 39 and a half. It doesn't even get to 40, which is crazy to me. Uh, but it makes sense. It makes sense because I think that the Giants are impressing defensively more than they are offensively. And with that, I think that we can make that perfect transition into the number one battle that the Cowboys should be able to win on Monday night in order to walk away with the win. And I would start with a Dory Jackson because I think that cornerback is a huge reason why the Giants are looking the way that they're looking defensively. You cannot do a lot of crazy stuff in the blitz world if you don't have cornerbacks that you're willing to put on an island. And the Giants are willing to do just that with Dory Jackson. And this is from Dan Duggan, a NFL writer for The Athletic. He said that, uh, and I will read the exact quote for the podcast audience that's listening. Jackson didn't allow a catch on four targets in the win over the Panthers. He surrendered just one catch for 27 yards in the Giants' 21-20 season opening victory over the Titans. 
And here's where it gets interesting. Jackson's dominance stretches back further. He's allowed five catches for 67 yards and no touchdowns with one interception on 25 targets in his last seven games. That's a paltry 2.7 yards per target with a 20% catch rate. Adoree Jackson is legit, and he deserves a better position in the cornerback discussion around the league. The thing with Adoree Jackson, I believe, is that maybe he didn't live up to expectations originally. And now that he is being this top tier in terms of production cornerback for, for the Giants, people are not catching on to this. And Adoree Jackson is playing some good football. He's shadowing receivers as well. He traveled with the Titans, Robert Roots, and he traveled with Robbie Anderson from the Panthers. And I would definitely expect him to travel with CeeDee Lamp. And that's a big one because my question from me to you is, do you think that CeeDee or Adoree end up winning this battle? If, we're, if we are assuming that Adoree Jackson will shadow CeeDee Lamp everywhere that he goes, who do you have winning that battle? Let me know in the comments whether you are watching on Facebook or on YouTube. Nicholas says that CD will be shot down. We need Noah Brown for another big game. And remember, by the sound of it, Michael Gallup might just be back for Monday Night Football. And if he is back, uh, whether it's on a pitch count or not, you have an ex-receiver that demands attention from the defensive secondary. That's what an ex-receiver does in the NFL. You isolate him and he will demand some attention because if you put a cornerback on an island with Michael Gallup, he might beat you on those 50 to 50 balls. He might beat you vertically. And suddenly people cannot double or triple CD Lamp everywhere that he goes. Uh, so that's huge. Let's see. Uh, Craig says that Jackson would be set to win that game. Adari, because Kellen is the one scheming, says Toxic Tom. Jason Chavez says, CD all day. Uh, I'm still not convinced that Kellen can scheme a number one wide receiver, says Bruce. And I think that that's the main concern with people that are taking uh, Adore Jackson here. Kenneth Frazier goes with CD. Toxic Tom says, I don't trust Kellen's ability to put playmakers in the best position to succeed, which is uh, a big takeaway from that week one game versus the Tampa Bay Bucks, right? Luis Ortiz says, New York Giants secondary is really underestimated, but the gaps in the middle during coverage can be taken advantage of constantly. I will say this. If Michael Gallup is available to play, and it might be on a pitch count, it might, I, I will give you that. Uh, he might play in, say what? Uh, I'm, I'm assuming something like 40% of the snaps. That would be my guess. I, I think that CeeDee Lamb can actually win this battle. Versus a Dory Jackson. I still have hopes for CD Lamp. I know that uh, we don't trust a lot in Kellen Moore. Uh, I agree with that. I agree with those concerns, by the way. But as soon as Michael Gallup is back, and it might be in Monday Night Football, even if he does not show up in the stat sheet, he will demand some attention from the secondary. So I would take CD Lamp in that battle, but it's definitely one that the Cowboys would hope to win 
uh, on Monday night in order to to beat the Giants. And it's a big game for the Cowboys. Not so much because of the battle itself versus the Giants, but up next, you've got the Giants, the Commanders, and the Rams. I would argue that this is the easiest of those three games, or at least the most favorable to the Dallas Cowboys. And if you're hoping that Dak Prescott gets back after the Rams game, for example, if we're playing it, uh, quote-unquote, safe, and you want Cooper Rush to go 2-on-2, two two, this might be the best shot at it. After beating the Bengals, maybe the Cowboys can put some back-to-back -back wins together, and then you have two wins guaranteed without Dak Prescott, and that could be huge, just leaving you in the conversation to win the NFC East. Of course, the Eagles, are, the Eagles are looking quite good, man, so far. They're, they're looking like they can play some football. Jalen Hurts just had perhaps his best career game on Monday night versus the Minnesota Vikings. So we'll see where it all goes. But this is the game that you want to win. And CeeDee Lamb versus Dory Jackson will be a huge part of this story and one of the matchups that I will be watching every single snap. Let's see some of your comments here. Uh, Gallup is not going to make a big difference, says Craig. Craig has always been pretty low on, on Gallup, so I'm not surprised at that. I do think that he makes a difference. He makes a difference just by being on the field. And I do think that when he comes back, uh, whether it's on Monday Night Football or later, it will be because he's ready. I don't think that the Cowboys will put a 70% version of Michael Gallup on the playing field. I think that they will get him in there when he's ready. And that might be on Monday night. Uh, Nicholas says, we were sending two wide receivers into seven defensive backs. Kellen adjusted a bit for the Cincinnati game. And to your point, to those who are uh, doubting Kellen Moore, which is pretty understandable, I don't have the graphic anymore. But we did talk about the Cowboys earning below average separation in that Bengals game. Every wide receiver and tight end earned below average separation in average, according to next-gen stats. So maybe that's not as promising because we, we saw the Cowboys' offense struggle in the second half versus the Bengals, and that might have been one of the multiple reasons why, the fact that the receivers are still not getting open, whether that's because you're not skimming, him, skimming them open or whether that's because they're not earning it themselves. Uh, so something to watch still going into week three for sure. Let's see. Commanders don't have enough on either side to beat us, says Luis Ortiz. I would, I would argue that without, and this is not a prediction yet. We'll talk about that when we get to that game. Uh, but I would argue that they can beat the Dallas Cowboys without Dak Prescott. I, I do think they have that kind of team. I think their offensive line is solid. I think that, their defensive front is still a unit that deserves a certain level of respect. So let's see. The unraveling part against Cincy was concerning, says Nicholas. Still having a hard time closing out games for sure. Uh, and that will happen, especially when you don't have your quarterback. Toxic Tom says, Mo, I saw there was a huge earthquake in Mexico early in the week. I hope that you and your family is okay. Thank you to Toxic Tom. There was... Um, there was fortunately 
everyone that I know is okay, uh, family and friends. I can tell you personally, I didn't even notice because I live in an area in which we don't get earthquakes uh, or earthquake effects because uh, Chihuahua, where I live, is pretty much surrounded by mountains. And maybe that's why. Uh, but fortunately, everyone that I know uh, is okay. But thank you for your concern and thank you for your comment, for sure. Uh, I appreciate it. Toxic. Mark Andrews also tuning into the Facebook show. Let's see. Everyone on the team makes a difference. Is can it? Yeah, I cannot sit here and tell you that Michael Gallup doesn't make any kind of impact. I do think uh, he does, and I think that it will be important to see him back in that playing field on Monday night. But anyways, Adore Jackson versus C.D. Lamb was the number one matchup that I wanted to talk about. The number two matchup is one that, you know, right back at it for the Cowboys offensive line because, man, oh, man, the Cowboys have, are facing a pretty heavy slate of defensive tackles early in the year. And I am talking about the Giants duo at defensive tackle. Now, this one comes with a big asterisk because Leonard Williams, number 99, is dealing with an injury. Uh, people are speculating that he will miss some playing time, even if it's not an extended period of time. He might not play it on, on Monday night. It is a knee injury. The expectation is that he doesn't play. But if he does, and we'll get a first idea of his status tomorrow when the injury report comes out, watch out for Leonard Williams, of course, but also Dexter Lawrence, former Clemson Tiger. That guy is a beast as a nose tackle. He can occupy gaps in the running game. He can push back in the passing game, and he can be a legit threat, especially against that area of the Cowboys offensive line that features Matt Farniak and Tyler Viadish at left guard and center, respectively. And we know that Viadish, at least in my opinion, and you have heard me talk about this quite a lot, I think that Viadish is one of the most positive surprises in Dallas over the first couple of weeks. The guys looking great in the running game, he is not allowing pressures in the passing game. He's allowed one true two games. And Viadish is sending help towards Matt Farniak pretty much every single play. So he's been doing a pretty nice job. And he will have his hands full versus Dexter Lawrence in week three. I don't want to say that this is a step up in competition because the Cowboys have faced Vita Vea, Akeem Hicks, and even DJ Reader last week. But if the Cowboys face Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence, or even Dexter Lawrence by himself next Monday night, it's still a pretty big test for Tyler Viadish. Especially when you need to help out Matt Farniak, if Matt Farniak is indeed your left guard on Monday night. Because plenty of us are still wondering if the Cowboys will make a change or not at offensive line. Because we might see Jason Peters being inserted into that unit at some point. Uh, it's tough to know if they will do that or not. But if they do, things get even more interesting because now you have your best group of five linemen in there. Uh, but it's a tough balancing act because you're balancing who the best group of five is, but you're also balancing Tyler Smith's development, especially at a time in which, guess what? He has looked decent at left tackle. 
He has not been the technician at the position. I don't think that anyone expected that. But he's, he's, he keeps showing that he can win based on strength, based on explosiveness, and just nastiness. Ah, there were, there were a lot of highlights posted on Twitter about Tyler Smith. The guy looks impressive. You guys know that Matt Farniak has become the, the main concern right now on this Cowboys offensive line. So do you make any moves there or not? I don't know what they will do, but this is another tough matchup for those two versus Dexter Lawrence and potentially Leonard Williams. Doesn't sound like he will play, though, on Monday night. Uh, I would assume that it's, it will be only Lawrence, which is a huge break for the Cowboys as well. I do agree with Toxic Tom here. Uh, okay, I, I agree here as well, but that was not the the comment that I was looking for. Toxic Tom says Tyler Biotis is a good center. This is the one that I meant, though. Lawrence is a very underrated defensive tackle. I agree. I don't think that he is usually in the mainstream conversation of who is the best nose tackle in the NFL, but he's he's right in there for sure. Let's see some of your comments here. Use Jason Peters on goal line, says Mark Andrews. That I don't like. I don't like the idea of inserting a player for specific situations, unless, Mark, you might you might be talking about a six-offensive lineman package. If that is the case, I wouldn't necessarily mind, especially because I like the idea of Tyler and Jason Peters blocking side to side and just showing how nasty a 40-year-old can be uh, alongside Tyler Smith, who is, of course, uh, significantly younger, right? Tyler Smith or Peters at left guard, says Bruce. Man, I, I don't think that Jason Peters is a is a option at guard, as I've talked about before. But that could also be an interesting possibility if he was willing to make that position change, right? Nicholas says, speaking of Lawrence, we should put our D-Law on the inside. Can't get pressure off the edge anymore, says Nicholas. Uh, D-Law definitely could be looking better on on the Cowboys pass rush department. I'll give you that. Uh, I do like, and we talked about this earlier in the week, yesterday actually, I do like how Dan Quinn is using him. We are seeing him in a position to attack on the inside, on the right side, which is something kind of new. And of course, on his usual spot, which is left end versus the opposing right tackle. But we're seeing Dan Quinn move the law more than usual he already has more snaps on the right side of the field than he did in all of 2021 and he's played five games less than last year i like the idea of moving d law around i still think that he is one of the best run defenders in the nfl at his position uh, but i agree with people that want more more from him in the pressure game Craig says, Viadish is not being good. Come on, Craig. Come on. I watch a ton of film and Viadish is not being good. Man, I disagree with that one. Show me it. Show me where he is. I mean, he's not being Travis Frederick. If that is the benchmark, then forget about it. He's not going to be Travis Frederick. But to say that Tyler Viadish is not being good, Kind of tells me that maybe maybe 
you need to watch more tape, though. Uh, I know that you're saying that you watch a ton of film. I don't believe it, if that's the take regarding Tyler Viadish. I, I disagree with that strongly. I have watched that Bengals game and that, uh, and that box game zeroing in on Tyler Viadish, and I strongly disagree with that one. It's valid. That's why we like sports. We can disagree. Uh, I don't think that's a good take, though. Mo, do you remember, says Bruce, going into the season that I said that this was a defensive team now and you disagreed, says Bruce, they uh, got the toxic use. Going into the season, I actually, I actually remember disagreeing earlier and then in the preseason, I kind of realized that, yeah, this is going to be a defensive team more than anything because the Cowboys didn't add any wide receiver talent and, and I had a lot of concerns about the offensive line. But yeah, man, this is a defensive team for sure. Uh, last week, I picked the Cowboys in betting the Cowboys just because of the defense. This week, the same might happen. I still don't know what the betting the Cowboys pick will be. But this is definitely a, a defensive team. I agree with that for sure. I don't agree with the Viadish's lander, though. Uh, Fred Jeff says that number 63 is trash. Man, I don't, I don't agree with that. Uh, King Elements says Tyler V has in solid AF. Uh, who else chimed in on Tyler Viadish? Somebody else did, I think. Yeah, man. Toxic says he's a top 15 center. Go look around the league. Center talent is not great. You're getting a guy that has allowed one pressure through two games. You're getting a guy that ranks in the top five of ESPN's run block win rate among centers. And a guy that you're using in several run concepts that demand Tyler Vyadish to pull, including that Tony Pollard 46-yard play where he gets so close to the touchdown in which he pulls and then he buries that man close to the sideline, opens up the running lane for Tony Pollard. Actually, I'm looking at the numbers here. I think he was the highest graded pass blocking offensive lineman on the Cowboys last week. He allowed zero pressures on that game. And keep in mind, as a center, there's a lot on his plate. He's not only pulling on those kind of run concepts that I mentioned. He's also sliding every single play. He is a guy that's helping Matt Farniak out. He is a guy that's helping Tyler Smith out with the slide protection stuff. Tyler Vyadish has the primetime stamp of approval, ladies and gentlemen. I actually wrote an article about this that was called the unheralded hero on Dallas Cowboys rising unit. Because guess what? This offensive line is kind of holding on. Uh, they're, they're doing a decent job so far. Hmm. Toxic Tom. I like this comment. I like this comment. He says, I hate to say it. So we're going to, we're going to get it out of the way. Judge is the American league MVP. And so he should, man. Uh, if I, if I uh, increase this volume here, you could see that I am tuning into the 61 Homer Chase. 
that's on the background. That's a good job here. That's on the background. We, we, we need to we need to we need to keep track of. Okay, is Fred Jeff like a troll or something though? I'm 58 years old and I promise you I can beat number 63. I promise you you cannot. <laughs> I, I promise without without even asking anything else. <laughs> I promise you you cannot. <laughs> Shout out to Fred. I appreciate the trolling. Uh let's see. He will get another at bat, says Craig. Yeah, he should in, in the ninth inning. We'll see if he gets 61. I kind of don't want him to get 61. I kind I kind of want him to make that happen until uh, Friday, if they play Friday. I'm not sure. Uh, the reason why I want to be sitting down on my couch, I want to be having a beer in order to check it out. <laughs> Oh man, 7-Eleven says, what's the fake home run record that Barry Bonds set? You know, I could have a two-hour show about the real home run record. And uh, and we won't, of course, because this is primetime and we're here to talk about the Cowboys. But I'm just saying, I have a lot of feelings on that. A lot of them. And, and the whole steroid thing in baseball in the 90s. But anyways, we'll move on though. We'll move on. Tyler Vyadish versus uh, Matt Farniak versus Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence is the second battle that, in my opinion, the Cowboys need to win. Moving on, though. Moving on. It is Wednesday night. And as such, you know what it means. You know that it means that we've got the Freeman Mazda stat of the week. And you're going to love this one. I know that we've had more than one. Freeman Mazda stat of the week segment that focuses on Micah Parsons. But it's not my fault. It is Micah Parsons' fault. The guy keeps doing impressive stuff week in and week out. And this time, this stat comes from ESPN's analytics department in which they measure that Micah Parsons is number one in the NFL with a 59% pass rush win rate. That's kind of the stat of the week. But I will tell you what. The real stat of the week to me is not the fact that his pass rush win rate sits at 59%. It's that number two on the list, Von Miller, sits at 46%. That is a 13 gap between Micah Parsons and Von Miller. And it's not like you can say that, oh, that's just because... He doesn't rush the passer that much because he's also an off-ball linebacker. The dude literally went out there and rushed the passers exclusively versus the Cincinnati Bengals. And he did that versus the Bengals right tackle, Lyle Collins. He did that versus John Williams on the left side. He did that over the middle. Micah Parsons is on a whole other level. And 2021, all we talked about was speed. Just how fast Michael Parsons was off the edge, how he forced offensive linemen to uncomfortable pass sets, play in and play out. That was all we talked about in 2021. 
But in 2022, we're seeing a lot more of power moves from Michael Parsons. So that is your Freeman Mazda stat of the week. 59% pass rush win rate, number one in the NFL by a wide, wide margin of 13%. My question from me to you guys, he has four sacks right now. Gut feeling, truth or false, Michael Parsons gets to 20 in the 2022 season. Let me know your thoughts on that. Truth or false, Michael Parsons gets to 20 sacks, knowing that he's off to the hottest start that he could have asked for. Four sacks in just two games. Let me know in the comments. And while you do that, and before I give you my answer, let me talk to you about our friends over at Freeman Mazda, because they're the guys bringing us this Freeman Mazda stat of the week. The ride of the week is the new 2022 M5 Miata Sport. You can check out the pictures on the website. It starts at $29,560. Apple CarPlay slash Android Auto, convertible roof, blind spot monitor, and the safety of a lane departure warning with a miles per gallon capacity of 20 in the city. That goes up to 26 when you are in the highway. Check out the M5 Miata Sport over at freemanmazda.net. And remember that when you choose Freeman Mazda, you are choosing a lifelong partnership with your car dealership. A family-owned business for over 65 years, best vehicles, the best service. Check it out on freemanmazda.net. Let's see some of your answers, man. Will Micah get to 20? Am I forced to say true just because he got off to a hot four sack start. If you are an opposing offense, what do you do about Micah? I don't know what you can do. Uh, Bruce says Micah is a grown man. He really is. Uh, True says Bruce. 7-Eleven says it false that he thinks he gets 16. Mark Andrew goes with True. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, I love that people started debating about the home run record in the comments that's exactly what i wanted actually uh i love it king element it is said that michael parsons was born with a dog inside him king element says that micah is getting 20. man i gotta say true as well i i gotta say that that he will make it uh that he will make those uh those 20 numbers hopefully he will get it close enough uh he has to, right? Although Ray hits us with some of that reality check, Ray says 20 is highly unlikely. Offenses will likely roll coverage to him. Result will be that Lawrence and Armstrong will benefit with more chances and at pressures and sacks. I disagree with that part. I, I agree with the first part of this comment, which is 20 sacks is highly unlikely. It really is. It really is highly unlikely. However, I think that offenses are already prioritizing dealing with Micah. The thing is, you have a defensive coordinator that is also prioritizing getting him in opportunities to succeed. And that's why we saw Dan Quinn cover those offensive guards from the Bengals in pretty much every single play at the start of the game, forcing one-on-ones between Lyle Collins and Micah uh, so I think that Dan Quinn is actually the, the guy that will enable Micah to continue to do, do his thing, 
right? Let's see. Let's see if Micah gets to 20. I don't know if he will. Uh, definitely hope that he does, though. Definitely hope that he does. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, that will be it for me tonight here on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Presented to you, of course, by FreemanMazda.net. I will see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central. I have not decided how we're going to deal with the show because since we are going to see each other on Sunday, I don't know if I should save the prediction and the betting the Cowboys segment for Sunday night. Uh, I might not do that. I might have the regular Thursday TV show and then on Sunday night we can do whatever regarding news uh, and who will play, who won't play. Uh, maybe we do a little bit of bold prediction stuff. In the meantime, I will see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central. Do me a favor, though. Hit the like button and share the stream. Every like puts this show in front of more Cowboys fans. I'm live here every Sunday through Thursday night, 8 p.m. Central. See you mañana. Nos vemos. Muchas gracias. Adiós.